Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. My favorite, it's Judd's Hockey Show. And you thought we weren't going to do a judge hockey show night. You thought that Tecla and I were going to take the night off. Well, we just didn't want to ramble through the first 18 picks or so because, quite frankly, there was a lot of players being taken. And uh, I do want to talk about um, the coverage I watched at some point in time. We won't do that right now, but uh, I do want to talk about the coverage. Um, Of course you do. No offense to certain people, but um, so the Wild has done it. At 19, with their first of two first-round picks, the pick they got – in the Fiala trade from the Los Angeles Kings, they take Liam Olgren, a left wing from Sweden. And I'm looking at an SB Nation scouting report on oh, young yeah. 18-year-old Liam Olgren right now. Right, and got? here's what it says, Declan. 2022 draft prospect profile. Liam Olgren has no flaws. No flaws. Zero huh? flaws. This means Zero this kid's flaws. ready to play. First line, opening night like against nice the Rangers. Report. Zero flaws. Uh, left wing, uh, for, he's six one two zero one. He's a left-handed shot. Uh, okay. I guess that's not surprising. Uh, games played sixty nine across two leagues and several tournaments in two thousand twenty one twenty two. I'm sorry. Yeah, I was sorry. Fifty. I'm fifty two years old. And I'm I'm waiting for you to give that. Uh, forty five goals in sixty nine games across two leagues and several tournaments. Forty three assists for a total of eighty eight points. Um, not surprisingly, he's not too much of a bruiser, 16 penalty minutes and a plus minus rating of plus 49, uh, his rankings, uh, from NHL central scouting among European players. He was eighth among Mm -hmm. elite prospects. He was 13th. -hmm. I could go down the list, but anyway, so, uh, the first of the two wild picks in in the first round, their pick will come up at 24 Liam Ogren, a left wing from Sweden, uh, I'm going to guess, because my prediction is that they were probably going to go winger and center decks. Uh, my guess here is that this is the eventual attempted, as they go through this now, attempt to find uh, some scoring help replacement for Kevin Fiala. I will add, uh, Director of Amateur Scouting Judd Brackett was also uh, quoted saying, Ogren is a two-way, hard-skilled winger with speed, power, and a heavy shot. So zero flaws, and also uh, a two-way hard-skilled winger with speed, power, and a heavy shot. You know, straight up, I even just tweeted out uh, as, as we're going live here. And by the way, we already have like 300 people in the room watching us. Judd's having his logic bombs, I'm guessing. Uh, it's a logic, logic bomb bombs. night at the Zolgad household. It's a logic uh, bomb night. I have my first ever cholesterol blood work test I did this last tomorrow. I did this uh, last Friday myself, so I, I had to stop. Drinking and eating at eight thirty last yeah, Thursday. Yeah, they advised not, my my sister's a PA, a and she said, you know, you're fine if you even go like nine hours. But I was told nine, ten to twelve is your really safe range there. So I, I was get told my twelve. Blood drawn tomorrow, so I was told I, I, I I can't be drinking. Judge drinking all all the logic bombs. We dropped the logic bombs. But my my point is what I was making off the top was, uh, yeah, hit the subscribe button. Daily Minnesota Sports Entertainment right here on Score North is, uh, you know, we're not a show about prospects. 
Uh, unless yeah, it's like Logan Cooley, absolutely. who I who I have seen play uh, at least on great TV hair. in World Juniors, great hair, pretty pretty good for me. But um, gets now, my you hair don't you don't compare to a bunch of the prospects I saw tonight because <laughs> you'd have to grow your hair out more. It would. Yeah, I mean, they've got I'm, unbelievable hair. I, the flow I'm is. I'm past my my uh, my hair yeah. time, even as it is, and that's that's its topic in its own right. Uh, we're not a show that's going to come on here and and give you a bunch of scouting reports, and and Jed and I will rely on the great uh, internet reports, just like uh, just said about Ogren having zero flaws to talk no about flaws. that. But uh, the Wild, as Crazy J twenty six on our YouTube comment section says right here, they still have the twenty fourth pick. Uh, it sounded like from Michael Russo, hashtag friend of the show, that they were trying to move up before they were on the clock at pick 19. Have you, yeah. Judd, you covered um, a few NHL drafts, right? You covered the one that was here. Yes. Have you yeah. covered any other ones? Uh, no, I've been to two. The, uh, the year, as a fan, I went the year that the North Stars took Doug Zmolik at Met Center, I believe, which was the year after they took Madonna first overall. Um, and then I did cover the, I covered the first round of the one here and, and actually in quite a fun project shadowed your, your favorite player, Gabriel Laniscog. Um, but yeah, I I mean, it's so hard Dex to draw conclusions, right? Like it's so difficult because these kids are 18. A lot of them are going to go play juniors or college, which is, you know, just fine. Um, but it's just Football's the one draft and basketball to a, to a certain degree as well, where you feel like you have, especially football, the first round, a working knowledge of like, oh, that guy, you know, I've seen that guy play. He's going to step right in. He'll be good. Hockey, I feel like we're sort of making it up as we go, which is why I don't get how you just sit there for like the first 18 picks and speculate about, well, this kid might be good. Like and by the way, there are there are just like the NFL draft. Like there are people who do know these prospects and kids. Oh yeah, so it's not. The, it's I'm not belittling. The, the no, no, no. If you're into the doing, prospects, that's great. I'm just saying. Awesome. Um, I'm just saying. If you do a show like we do on the right. wild, it's a little bit more difficult than to extrapolate a bunch of players, especially with with the influx in the last 25 years or so or more. Right. Of of European players, it's a little bit more hard to draw conclusions. Um. The one thing that I think you can draw conclusions on is why, especially in the first round, you take players at certain positions. And look, in my opinion, aside from the fact that the Devils just did this with the second overall pick, in my opinion, for the most part, you can never have enough centers. So Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be surprised at all if the Wild, if Bill Guerin goes center at 24. Um, For the most part, you can you can never have enough defensemen, but it feels like the wild does here. Like I think the wild's pretty comfortable on the blue line with prospects. So if they go wing center, I won't be surprised. Can I uh, give you some uh, other NHL speculation that just came across my speed? Uh, yeah. Cause we have a lot to get LeBron. to run. Absolutely. So, um, Fire LeBron just tweeted out, asked about Pat asked agent Pat Brisson about his client, Patrick Kane and his NHL future in lieu of the day's trades by the rebuilding Blackhawks, who are, are just moving and dealing and yeah. shaking I don't all know types of moves. I, I don't know. They might be. Guy, we should Sorry. get our guy Chief potentially, no, on the show and maybe talk Chief. about whatever the hell Chicago. I think I think Chief is drowning his sorrow just like Jez with his logic bombs in different fashions right now. But he said, yeah. in lieu of today's trades by the rebuilding Blackhawks with run reports, uh, Brisson said that they're, quote, not going to make any decisions or comments at this point. That's on the future of his of his client, 
Patrick Kane. Who knows what Chicago? Hey, you know what? Chicago is saying, screw it. We're tanking. They're literally saying we're, we're tanking. We're going to put all the chips on the table here. We're going to take some lottery tickets. We're going to even sell to Brinkett. Maybe some half on the dollar, however you want to look at that trade. Um, this, it, Chicago has been the story of this draft so far. Minnesota potentially could have moved up. Um, but uh, it, it is curious how they'll, what they'll do at pick 24. Yes, a lot to get to, as we said on the offset here. Uh, Marc-Andre Fleury obviously re-signed to with the Wild right before the draft started, which we'll, which we'll talk about as well. But one pick in for the Wild, they're on the board at 24 and a, and a couple picks here. Yeah, I, what I don't get is if you're Kane or Taze, and Taze might retire at some point soon here. I, I think he's just about cooked. Uh, Kane is definitely not. I don't understand why you would want to stay there. The second Debrinkit's gone, you're, it's done. It is absolutely done. And by the way, you know, I did a deep dive to today. I saw that there was some, not a lot, but there was some upset Wild fans about what the Wild got in return from the Kings for Fiala as opposed to Debrinkit from the Senators. And look, Debrinkit has way more of a goal-scoring background, okay? Like, he's done more. He deserves... He deserved a package that was going to get more than Kevin did. Kevin was coming off one great year, and Kevin has a load of potential. Like, he looks, when Kevin looks good, he is absolutely fantastic. But when you look at just the pure raw statistics of what Debrinket has done, as opposed to Fiala, Debrinket was going to get more. That was not a surprise. Yeah, if you're Patrick Kane and you're Taze, I don't care how much you consider yourself to be lifetime Blackhawks. How could you want to stay with this team? They are literally blowing the entire team up. Like, this is not, this goes beyond the Zolgad plan of rebuild. This is a implosion of the entire franchise. I mean, from the top on down. All right. Flurry, two years mm-hmm. um, with a complete, I believe, no move clause, according to Pierre LeBron. Is that correct? Or, or was I, that Bob I, McKenzie? I might have had that. No. Okay. Yes, a, a reported full no move. Exactly. So, which means if he goes, it's up to him completely. A two-year contract. Your thoughts? You know, uh, he wanted the security, which is interesting. Uh, I, I floated out today. I wouldn't be surprised. I know he said at his post-game press conference that if retirement was going to be on the table for a guy who has accomplished, let's be honest, everything there is to accomplish. It's not like Mark Andre is chasing cups um, because he wants one. He might be doing it just for the sake of it. He's won. He's been on part of three of them so far. He's been to teams that have been there uh, on the doorstep that haven't gotten there either. Um, two-year contract, no movement clause. I mean, I... I'm not a big NMC guy. I know you are not a big full no oh, movement clause. I hate them, but everyone, yeah. I hate everyone's them. trying to get them at this point. Um, and it felt like going into the draft that if he was not signed by the time the draft started, and boy, did they literally go up to the Cinderella midnight hour there of getting this deal done, that if mm-hmm. he wasn't signed, they were going to have to go in a different direction, whether that was trading for someone, whether that was um, uh, signing someone, and instead, they're going to bring back Marc-Andre Fleury, who had, yeah, a, a down year after winning the Vesna just a, a year ago this time. But to be honest, you know what the floor is, I think, with the Wilds goaltending. You don't really know what the ceiling is, and it might be a low ceiling at this point. It might be a good old Florida Rambler home, but you know what you're getting out of that home. Um, I think you're going to get some average goaltending. And to be honest, as you and I have talked about before, goaltending is so random. Goaltending is so spur of the moment. You never know what you're going to get. I don't look at a situation where the Wilds goaltending, I'll say statistically, will be worse next season. I don't know if it's going to be a whole lot better, 
but I, I don't believe it's going to be worse next season. But the no movement clause is a very interesting play that the Wild obliged to to get Flurry back here. So it, it's a two-year contract uh, total um, total of seven million dollars, three point five million per season. Um, here's my question, and I don't know the answer yet, but I told you this, and I believe the show that we did last night. I halfway expect as free agency nears the opening, which is going to be Wednesday, that the Wild's going to make some type of move. And I wonder if Cam Talbot might get dealt. Um, I know that Bill Guerin already issued a statement that about we're looking forward to Cam Talbot and Marc-Andre Fleury coming back and being our goaltenders, blah, 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 blah. But the reality is this. You know, Cam Talbot was the guy. No question about that. He was the guy. And then he wasn't the guy. And then the playoffs, he really wasn't the guy. And so I just wonder if where this stands, if a goaltender, goaltending desperate team, if Garen, who's a pretty smart dude, would try and use Cam Talbot, who, by the way, could give a good team a lift, if he would try and use Cam Talbot to get something back and then go from there. It's just a thought, but I can't get completely past how the playoffs ended for Talbot. And I know it was Talbot's wife who complained, but I mean, that's basically how he felt too. There's no question about it, right? So there's going to be somebody most likely on the goaltending carousel who doesn't get Kemper, who doesn't get Jack Campbell, just from that list. And Bill Guerin very well could use Cam Talbot as a pretty valuable trade chip there. Yeah, I, I wouldn't rule it out either. And to be honest, everyone who who takes everything that a sports executives or even a, a very plugged in sports reporter like Michael Russo says as gospel, um, things change, man. Things change quick. Tim Connolly, just put it to the Wolves, literally said as introductory press conference, I'm not here to mess things up. I'm not here to change anything. And then three weeks later, gutted half the roster and four future first-round picks for an all-star center once the opportunity presented itself. So I, I wouldn't take any what, what any sports executive said. And to be honest, we're lucky. Bill Guerin's been on this show multiple times and has obliged to us and, and has literally shot, shot us pretty straight. Judd's uh, big thing with athletes and executives is, you know, what are they actually telling you? And don't believe everything they always say. I, I take Bill Guerin for the most part at face value, but I also know Bill Guerin at the end of the day, so the GM of this hockey team is probably listening and always creating and thinking of ways to make his team better. And when you have salary cap hits that are 15% against you for the next three seasons, right. boy, do you got to get creative on how to make your team better and have expectations to still, sell, still to sell to the fan base of why this team can still be competitive with those buyouts hitting you. So I, I would, I would if, I'm, if I'm a betting man, do I think Cam Talbot and Marc-Andre Fleury are the starting two goaltenders on opening night? Yes. Would I be surprised if Cam Talbot has moved between now and the next five to seven days? No, I would not be surprised you. Yeah, I think that there's – so I just – I expect something that we don't expect. And and I can't decide if that's like a surprise Dumba trade, which again, yeah, I'm with you completely here. I don't like fully expect it, but I am – aware of the fact that that this team i'm sure dex would love to to free up cap space and mark andre Fleury is not the type of guy even at the age of 37 that you resign to like be the backup or to play some you're gonna play him a lot probably 
So that's why, and I wonder, because there is going to be, I think there's going to be at least one, if not two, probably goaltender desperate teams, absolutely begging for one. And a guy like Cam Talbot's a nice goaltender. I don't think he's great, uh, but he's solid, right? And if somebody's like, oh my God, we didn't get, uh, you know, we didn't get Kemper and we didn't get Campbell. I mean, i.e. Toronto, right? Trade him to the Eastern Conference. The Maple Leafs get crazy, like they go nuts. Um, and so that's the type of team where the pressure would be on Cam Talbot. But, of course, if you're Bill Guerin, you don't care about that. So just keep that in mind, that they're like, I just, I, I don't think Bill Guerin's a Stan Pat guy. I really don't. Much like you were just talking about Tim Conley. Bill Guerin doesn't strike me as the type of guy who's like, okay, we got our team. That's it. Bill Guerin strikes me as the type who's always trying to build. And no matter what Billy says publicly, I think the reality is this. You've got to have, I think, your biggest eye to win a championship for when this team graduates from cap hell. Yep. I just don't think That's it's realistic. Like, and, and in my opinion right now, they're probably, and this is all dependent on the Kaprizov situation. So I'm assuming he's back and it's fine. But I think right now they're probably a wild card team. Yeah, they won't win. I mean, write this down. Um, we can put this in quantity. They won't get right. 114 points again this right. season. Exactly. But I mean, I think that they might be, I think they'll contend for a playoff spot. But I don't sure. think that they're a great team. And I definitely think that, that you're correct, that points-wise, they will take a step back. Um, and there's going to be this three-year chunk, which, by the way, they were completely aware of. This is not a surprise. There's going to be this three-year chunk now where it's going to be a struggle because, unfortunately, the cap will go up, but it's not increasing by probably what it should. So if you have your eye on, you know, draft picks maturing, things maturing, coming out of that cap hell, I think you put yourself in a really smart position then to just be absolutely going full speed by then. So just a thought because – I'm not down on what they're doing, but I think that you have to be realistic about it. And and again, if you can leverage a package back from a goaltending desperate team for a Cam Talbot, I think you take it. You have to. Like, um, I don't think you're like, oh, no, we got Cam Talbot. We're not going to move off Cam Talbot. You can find replacement goaltending uh, pretty easily. Uh, that you Look, hey, this time next year, when we're having this conversation, literally July 7th of 2023, we're potentially talking about if Jesper Walsett's development doesn't develop or maybe there's an injury while looking for not one, but two goaltenders. I, I, I mean, I know Mark Andre Fleury's on the full no movement clause, but who knows what his career holds, whether he has the two year contract and the no movement clause in general, there, it's a very fluid situation long-term and, and the wild aren't in the spot right now to be giving out the long-term deals. They gave them out last year, right? They gave him to Eck, they gave him to Kirill. Um, the three picks that they have in the first two rounds of this year's draft, right? If, if one of those guys becomes a steady NHL player that hits the appropriate ceiling that is projected upon them, you take it. Odds are uh, one of these two first round picks they're going to make isn't going to make it. But when you're in cap hill, you got to have these, have these players hit. Matt Boldy steps in and is phenomenal. You, you could make a case. I know Michael Russo pointed this out in his piece. Maybe you sign maybe you sign Matt Boldy to, to a bridge deal now to make things easier. So you don't have to negotiate it this time next year. If he has a career season, right? Marco Rossi is supposed to come into camp and potentially earn, earn, earn a spot. This yep. is um, when, when you're up against the cap hell and, and you're in a very tight 
salary cap lead that is league that is the NHL unlike other sports for the wilds perspective you need to have cost effective players look Ryan Hartman at the end of the day might not repeat the production that he did last year where he was great and had a career year but he's cost effective and there's no point for the wild to move off of a player who is super cost effective right now so the wild have to bank on the fact that hey some of these guys might regress but also can some of these rookies the boldies the rossies maybe one of the guys they draft in the next year or two step up and be the players that can also contribute because they need it there's 15 percent of the salary cap working against their team right now for the next three seasons and i think part of your point too is this um this is going to, to be the time in the next two to three years to also potentially accelerate some guys to get them experience, to put them in the best position possible. So like, there is no question that if you can build up guys right now, and I'm not saying be dumb, but I'm saying bring them along possibly in a different way than you would. If the goal was we got to get to, you know, say in 2022, 23, 115 points, which you're not going to say. Um, that might be different. But, yeah, and, and the thing with Hartman and Goudreau is, and Dex, I, I think this is probably a subject that you can speak to very much so, the expectation has to be regression. Like, that doesn't mean that they're not good players, and that doesn't mean that, that they don't play important roles, and that does not mean that they're going to be benched. But I'm sorry, Hartman's stats, there's no way that I expect him to, to repeat that. I still expect him to play his ass off. I still expect him to be good. But I, I think if we're thinking, especially now on the second line with Boldy not having Fiala and probably just as importantly Goudreau, I think if we expect Ryan Hartman and Freddie Goudreau to repeat the success that they had this past year, you're crazy. And that's yeah, not a whip it, against them. That's just no. how it works. Uh, and I'll, I'll get into that here in just a second. By the way, there's like 500 people watching us on, uh, on the Score North YouTube channel right now. So thank hey, you very, very much. Judd Zolgad right there drinking his Logic Bombs. Declan Goff here. We are part of the Mackie and Judd and Score North franchise with Phil Mackie, the Hockey Whisperer, who might return at some point. I, I Why don't you really just don't drop know. the Whisperer stuff, man? It's over. He's left. It is. It He's is. He's left the uh, building. You can hit the subscribe button right here on this on this YouTube channel for daily Minnesota sports entertainment. Uh, also, Purple Daily, our daily Vikings entertainment. We're, we're in this fun off-season mode with the Wild and the Wolves and even the Twins, who, are yes, are our first-place ball club. Uh, but w- there's plenty of stuff still to talk about, so hit the subscribe button right here for daily Minnesota sports entertainment. To dive into the part of, of regression hitting Ryan Hartman. So, uh, analytically, I like to use my guy, Jay Fresh Hockey. Does a great job with analytics. Shameless self-plug for him. Puts sure. him in visual ways that make it really, really easy to read and really entertainable, and they just it, it makes sense to me. So he has he has a war percentile, just like baseball, wins above replacement percentile. Um, for the last two seasons, his mm-hmm. war percentile rank before this career year from Ryan Hartman was in the 41 percentile rank, so a slightly below average but fine player, and then the 29 percentile rank. Last year, he shot from 29% to 80%, wow. a player who has never been even close to being that good. Now, can Hartman slide somewhere between 80% and 29% from his last two seasons, respectfully? Of course. But do I envision him being an 80% type of player or a, or a above average, significant above average player from a goals for standpoint? No, I do not. And, and he's carved out a great little resurgence of his career. I, I, I like what he brings. 
but there's going to be regressions from some players. And also, you know, they're banking on the fact that they shipped away someone like Kevin Fiala, who scored 85 points for them. Uh, we've talked at nauseum in the last few weeks and even through the weeks leading up to the Fiala trade. There won't be a single player who is plugged and played in, no matter how good Matt Boldy is. I, I could have egg on my face here in about nine months. No one's going to single-handedly replace 85 points that Kevin Fiala is leaving and someone's going to replace. It's going to be by a committee role, right? It's going to be by guys like Matt Poldy. It's going to hopefully be guys like Marco Rossi. Maybe Frederick Goudreau is, is a little bit better. But regression is going to come here. So something has to settle into the median. Now, is that still a team that can make the playoffs? I think it is. Uh, but it's definitely not going to be a team that won 114 points. Yeah, and keep, keep in mind, too. So Boldy, Bold, Fiala, the second Boldy got uh-huh. here, improved a lot. There's no question. He helped him a ton. But that also applies to Boldy as well, right? And, and so, Dex, I don't know that somebody, I think that you're right to a certain point, some of those points will be picked up. But I don't think that it's fair to say across the board that all those points or goals get picked up. I think mm-hmm. they'll just go by for a year the wayside, possibly, which is what you expect. Like, that's the price of this whole salary cap hell. Uh, by the way, Wilder on the clock right now, but I'm seeing David uh, Pagnata from uh, SiriusXM reporting Chicago has submitted a trade through paperwork. So let's see if with this 24th pick, Another the Wild are potentially moving out. We'll see. We'll see here. Okay, because uh, but also Chicago's Min- had two picks so far tonight, right? Yeah, yeah. Minnesota native, by the way. Uh, uh, Jimmy Snuggerud was taken by the Blues at pick 23. So good for good for him there. Patrick his Royce old man, big guy. His old man went to Hopkins Lindbergh, if I'm not mistaken. And I saw him play for the Gophers. I think the kid is really good. Mm-hmm. I think so the, the kid Wild- is legit. Currently on the clock at pick twenty four. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll we'll see if there's any any fruition to the, to them potentially moving down or moving away from said pick. But uh, interesting move here. This Blackhawks thing to me is just so intriguing. Like I, mm-hmm. this is uh, this is as hard as you can blow things up in sports. It is an absolute, and that's why I got to think Kane gets moved. And I'm curious where. Certainly won't be here because of the cap. But ooh. I am curious about that. Yes, what's up? Uh, there is a trade. The Leafs are trading uh, Peter uh, Morazic to the Blackhawks. So it's number 25 and Morazic <laughs> for the 38th overall pick. So Chicago, hey, you know what? Chicago is saying, Chicago, I'm going to try to make some sense here for Chicago. Chicago is going to be bad this season, right? Yes. But what, what's one area, one area you can maybe point to that can maybe stave you and get you some wins? It's goaltending. And Morazic isn't a world He's leader. Ter- he was awful in Toronto. Wasn't good in Toronto. They're purposely he's tanking. He's They're getting this bad. They ba- they basically <laughs> just got a garbage can to put in front oh, of their net, man. Declan. That's oh, what Morazic. Morazic. They couldn't trust him. the The Leafs were begging Morazic not to be horse bleep, and he still was. No, this is great. This is the biggest tank job in the history of tank jobs. This is almost objectionable, and I'm Mister Tank. Hey, but. The, uh, they- he wins three Stanley Cups, and I know it's probably a Chicago fan base. Our guy Barstool Chief, who has been on this show before, uh, might be some dark days ahead, but is it worth it? I like to say it is. Oh yeah, I'll, like I'll, I'll take the cups. Yes, I'll Give take the, the cups. cups. Now, Give now the, the problem cups. is the problem is where the Blackhawks are and how they got there is is very concerning. Yeah, like what's happened to the franchise is very sad and pathetic. Yes. Um, but if we were to not have to talk about that, which we do, but if we were just to talk about the hockey, the sport, 
I will take the cups. You've got cups. We don't. You win. I don't care what, how bad you are uh, for an extended period of time. What if you're a Chicago fan who went up to Montreal for this right now, and you're <laughs> literally just watching this team gut its roster and not even have the cojones to get up on the on the podium and make some picks? Here's this my question amazing. for you. If you're Taze, do you consider just sending your papers in? Like, Kane's Good. still got a ton left. But isn't there... Is, Taser that, is pretty much... He's sort of cooked. And isn't... No, that was the whole Prezi and Suter thing. There's, they would still get hit with penalties, right, if those guys retire early, don't they? Uh, yes, they do. Now, now the CBA... Here's what I don't get. The CBA has changed. The reason why Flurry got two years of the same deal... So if he retires after this season, so if he tells Bill Guerin, I'm done, the Wild now with the new CBA doesn't get hit with a cap penalty. There used to be a 35 and over cap penalty for a yeah, contract. Right. I was reading. Um, now, yeah. I believe if Flurry had gotten less for year two of the contract and retired, you would get hit with that cap hit. But because it's the same or if it had been more, the Wild won't get hit. Okay. But any but but I'm just saying if you're tased, don't you say, you know, you know what, it's been a great run. I'm sort of old right now and I, you know, I've had some problems with my health unfortunately. I'm just done playing. I mm-hmm. I can't take this. Like what's the point unless I get traded to a team that can compete? What's the point? By the way, uh the Wild have drafted Danelia Yurov. Danelia Yurov at pick 24 per The per, Russian uh, kid. Yeah, another Russian. Well, I think guy. this is going to get praised. I think people love this kid. I think he fell to twenty four because of all the fear about well, Russian Washington, players right now. Washington took a player at twenty. He was the first. Uh, I'm not okay. going to try to pronounce his name. Yeah, don't. Uh, don't. Uh, uh, first one at twenty, but the Wild now um, taking yes. yeah Danili Yurov out of uh, let's see here, out of uh, out of the KHL. Yep. And uh, yeah, this is uh, another another pick off the board here. Danilia Yurov, what what kind of scouting? No wrongs in Danilia Yurov? Is his skating? Let me see what I can find about him, but I'm pretty sure he was going, I I think uh, he was slated, if he he was not from Russia, to go way before this, uh, and he fell. So I think this is going to get praised. It's going to be a project, clearly, but what the hell? Again, it's all a crapshoot, especially right now. The Wild have made another selection. That's two in the first round here for the Wild. So they indeed, for now at least, uh, have stayed put and ended up taking their two players that were there at 19 and 26. So uh, it's an interesting move. You know, Gary maybe was thinking about moving up, maybe even moving back. They still have more picks to have here um, in, in, the, in the rest of the rounds tomorrow. But uh, I'm, I guess I'm not totally shocked that they ended up staying put and not taking selections at 19 and 24, but Yurov, by the way, is a Russian right wing who had 13 goals and uh, 23 assists for 36 points in 23 games in the Russian Junior League last year. Uh, from our my friends at NHL or at, at uh, Top Down Hockey and J Fresh Analytics, uh, Danilo Yurov, 24th overall to the Wild. I ranked him 35th overall on my board. Yurov's MHL scoring alone would justify this selection and probably even be a higher selection, but a zero points in 21 KHL games last year, which makes up half his draft year sample size, really dragged him down by his metrics. So he did play in the KHL last year, uh, did not go well. He's six foot one, 179 pounds. Judd, he is also 17 years old. So yeah, see, is, that's uh, not so. That's not fair. 
Yeah. KHL is probably, I think, considered the second best league in the world. Yeah. So it's probably not fair to, to have an expectation that a kid who's that age would just step in among men and immediately have success. Uh, and yeah, I'm pretty sure that you'll find that he would have gone, he was, he would have been projected higher if he was not, you know, from a country that has had issues of a big nature of late. And just as importantly, I think just for a long time, it's hard to know, as we found out with Kaprizov, when guys are going to leave. But I think this, I think this pick is going to be praised up and down. So let me ask you this, Judd. After two selections here in the first round, how surprised are you that neither of these picks were centers? Um, I'm a little bit surprised. Uh, I wonder if if the reports that Bill Guerin was trying to move up from 18 was potentially to take one. So among, I charted the first 18 picks, and among the first 18 picks, I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven centers. And so I wondered if they, they were trying to get up previously. So the last of the seven centers who went, went to Buffalo at 16, Noah Ostland of Sweden. I wonder if that's what they were trying to do. Um, because I, I will say by pick 24 or 19, I'm not taking a center just to say I took one. I right. want one that I trust. Um, I but you know what, Dax, too? This all comes back to a big question. And it's an important one because we're going to start to find out what can Marco Rossi give you starting next season? I mean, and I'm not saying the pressure's on to be great, but I am saying I think there's going to be some pressure, or not some, I think there's going to be pressure on him to stick and to start to show that that he deserved to be a pretty darn high draft pick. Uh, So I guess I'm a little bit surprised, but I also... You know, Bill Guerin doesn't do things just for the sake of doing them. And so I think if, you know, you got to pick 19 and you're like, okay, these guys are okay, but this winger is better. He's going to take that guy. So it doesn't bother me. I I trust him. I trust him until he really screws up. Yeah. And and Chris Peters, who uh, now covers hockey for uh, for flowhockey.com right now, saying uh, the Wild took advantage of the risk factor and nabbed Europe, who was number 11 in his draft class. Yeah, uh, all the way at pick 20. So, I mean, look, Kirill is a fifth round pick. I actually remember mm-hmm. um, I wasn't at the press conference for this, but I remember after they drafted Kirill in 2015, and I believe Brent Flair's exact words were he had first round grades, but he fell to the fifth round. And I, if I remember correctly, Michael Russo said, did you say he had a first round grade and he fell to the fifth round? And, and a lot of these Russian guys end up falling for, numerous reasons now the political climate has even right. maybe drawn external factors have drawn these guys even further down potential draft boards but an interesting i mean look it, it, it is it's high risk high reward right now that 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 is that's that's what this is from bill Guerin's high risk high at 24 reward. though i like this because yeah. at 24 if you say you know what we are going to take a guy that can play in two years we've seen that before here mm-hmm. you play it safe what happens in two years the guy's a slappy. He's okay, but he, he's not great. And three years after that, he is playing for the Ducks. So I would far prefer to take a risk and a chance. And you don't know. The political climate there could change here in a year. could change, you know, for better or for worse. Yeah. So, yeah, I would much rather bank on taking a guy that I think has big-time upside at 24 than to take a solid pick who I'm think who I know can I know is going to play 
for me within three years, but I have no idea what type of quality player I'm going to get. I love uh, looking at these kind of charts from, and again, good for them. They're having the time to do this because I don't have the time or the resources or the manpower to want to do this. But uh, from hockeyprospecting.com, full comps for a guy like Danilo Yurov. Number one is Vladimir Tarasenko. Number five is Mark Savard. Number four is Jason Spezza. Uh, number two is Daniel Brie. Uh, yeah, so Vincent Leclavier is on here. Yep. Mitch Marner's on here. And, and this guy's a kid. Yeah, who knows? Interesting. Okay. He's a kid. So I think the most fortunate guy of the night, and I know it probably sucked and hurt his feelings, I think the most fortunate guy in the first round of this draft is Shane Wright. Because there there was so much um, speculation and conjecture. And I think going into the 2021-22 season, the overall projection was this guy is a surefire number one overall pick. And going into the draft tonight, a lot of people thought that, that he would still be the, the top pick. But there had been speculation that he might not be. And he wasn't. Um, the Canadians took the guy from Slovakia. Draft was there in Montreal. Shane Wright fell to fourth in Seattle. I'm going to tell you right now, that to me is good fortune. Jersey, not, it's not a bad place to play, but they, they obviously have the one thing that a lot of teams don't have, and that is a depth chart full of good centers and prospects especially. Arizona, pick third, no thank you. They're going to play in a college hockey arena. They are a mess. No thank you. Seattle, Shane Wright, that's a great place to go. Um, And the one place that I have no interest, I don't care how competitive you might be, no interest in playing right now is being the first overall pick in Montreal. Yeah, I want nothing. Because you talk about, like here, we're like, I hope Marco Rossi develops. Can you imagine Marco Rossi as a high draft pick of the Montreal Canadiens? Dude. Those people would be, the media, forget the fan base, would be breathing down his neck. What's wrong with him? Why is he not developing? Why is he in the minors? Blah, blah, blah. Shane Wright is the luckiest guy because he's going to a great town. I think it's a quality franchise, and he has the gift of time. Um, being the top overall pick in a draft by the Canadians, I think, might be one of the worst things because you don't get any time to actually develop. And again, you're a kid. Like, you're not 22, you're not 23, you're you're 18 or so. Right. So I actually think Shane Wright is the biggest, um, despite the fact he probably doesn't realize it right now, winner of the night by not being picked by Montreal. And then the Devils and the Coyotes pass him. Kraken is a great place. And you know what, Dex? Kraken? Kraken's got some nice young talent hey, now. They did the Judd Zelgad plan. I love that plan. I love the, the high Judd draft pick plan. plan. But they, yeah. they've got, what, uh, um, the, the kid who played at Michigan, Matty Beniers, really mm-hmm. good player. They've mm-hmm. got Shane Wright now. They have better center depth. I hate to say this because it's not wow. Where are you about to go funny. right now? You know where I'm about to go. The Seattle Kraken right now have better quality young center depth than the Wild does available to them. Yes, that's where I'm about to go. Um, what did you make of the Kirby Doc trade? to Montreal. Uh, That's another interesting one. I mean, he is a kid. I think he's 21. Yeah, I mean, he ha- look, he hasn't produced in his first two years. He's a third overall pick, I believe, in 
three drafts ago. So is is his ceiling probably still really hasn't been cracked yet. You you would have certainly liked him to still, you know, done something in Chicago. I would have taken a chance on him. Uh, would I have given? What did the What did the Sens give up? Like the thirteenth pick, and, Montreal or Montreal? Yeah, the Montreal. Excuse me, they gave up the thirteenth pick and two something else, picks. two draft yep. picks for him. Yes. I don't know if I can give up a top fifteen for him, but I look. What I, could I be if the Wild did that? If the Wild were in that side and, and they were going to give up maybe even one of those two to get Kirby Doc. I would have entertained it. Would have certainly entertained it. Why not? Mm-hmm. He's going to be a cost-effective center who was the third overall pick in the draft from the Wild side. I probably would have done done that trade. Um, but I, I think look, Chicago Chicago is saying screw it. We are we are going to get all types of better down the road. DeBrinket was a stud for us, but by the time we're good, he's going to be 27, 28, and they're going to price himself out of here. Um, but I. Chicago has, I think, traded like six of their last seven first round picks. Like it, it is pretty remarkable the amount of first round talent that has come through there, while also, by the way, winning multiple Stanley Cups in the last decade uh, that have not panned out or they have bailed on. Uh, so it's very interesting what's going on in Chicago there. But yeah, I probably, if, from the Wilds' perspective, if it's Kirby Doc, I probably would have done that trade. Dabrinkit, um, who I like a lot, made more sense to, to trade because you're right when he's. When he is developing more so, they're going to still be at a point where they're not that great. Doc is like 21 right now. So I I was a little bit surprised that they punted so quickly. It's almost like they saw some things they didn't like. I don't know that I trust them. Um, Okay, here's something else I got for you. Why did we stop the draft halfway through the first round to give out the GM of the year award? Yeah, but why? Can you explain that to me, please? First of all, you have an awards night. You had an awards night. Second of all, a draft is like, once you start it, don't stop it. Keep it going, especially the first right. round, because I'm going to try and watch it. And look, I don't think for the most part, most of us like enjoy sitting there watching a draft. So like, we're just curious about it, right? Right. So do I really want to hear Joe Sackick, who is a great executive, do I want to hear him give an acceptance speech? Do you? Does anybody? No. Okay. Not at all. I didn't understand that at all. I uh, I didn't understand that. I told a fun story on, on my Twitter page right after that was announced because uh, I was covering a game at, at St. Cloud like five years ago, right after graduation as Judd pours his logic bomb in, in the glass yeah. there. Uh, great, great pour, great sound. Uh, hmm. I, and, and the Herb Brooks National Event Center in St. Cloud, uh, it is a elbow-to-elbow no social distancing at the time, kind of press box. You are shoulder to shoulder. Judd would not like it. There's no personal space involved there. Uh, Judd's been to a lot of press boxes, but I don't think he'd be a fan of, of the non-personal spaces involved at the Herb Brooks. I've been involved in that before. And I know yeah. you have. Uh, but I was sitting next to an avalanche scout who was okay. watching the game. And because we're in such close proximity on his cell phone, Joe Sackick pops up on his cell phone as a phone call, like okay. calling Joe Sackick. And okay. he just went, he audibly sighs, literally goes, Ugh, and and red buttons the phone and just puts it backwards. And I thought, man, it must take a lot of fortitude and stones. And I, I, I had to chuckle at it. Cause like, I think you could say balls. It's 923 yeah, at night. Yeah, he, he, it took a lot of balls to say, I'm watching a college hockey game for you, and I just audibly sighed when my boss's boss, Joe Sackick, was calling me for asking for something, and you had, and you had the audacity to just say, Ugh, I don't want to talk to Joe Sackick right now. But yes, in terms of interrupting the draft, bring it back full circle. 
what, what's the point of that? And Gary Bettman, like, dude, come on. I, I kind of like when Goodell eggs on the crowd. Like, he kind of knows he's the villain. Like, he kind of, and he does a good job right. at playing the villain. But Gary, right. like, you're awkward. You're shaking up there. It's, it's, it's clear you're nervous. You don't like doing this. Like, just And he's trying to it. embrace it, and he's really not embracing it? Correct. Here's the other thing I don't get, and this is a long-time hockey thing, okay? So I'm sure I'm going to offend some long-time fans. And keep in mind, I've been watching the draft since the 80s, okay? So I yep. go back to when the darn thing was held in the Montreal Forum year after year after year uh, on Saturdays. But here's something I don't get, okay? especially, again, first round, because I want to expedite it. There, there's, no, there's no reason to drag it out. Like, there's nothing. It's not like, oh, it's a great game, right? Like, you can argue, oh... I can say that game was long, and you can say, yeah, but Judd, it was such a great game. I didn't want it to end. But there's no like such thing as a great draft. Oh, the draft was so good. I, I, I couldn't wait for it to just keep going. So here's my thought. Why do we need teams to bring up their entire entourage oh, and entourage. then yeah. have one guy from one guy or gal, which is awesome, from the entourage announce the pick? Every other league, the first round, the commissioner does it, right? Goodell mm-hmm. announces first-round picks. Adam Silver, if I'm not mistaken, does first-round picks. Baseball, Wait. I think the commissioner does. Rob you Manfred. Don't like, you, don't, you don't like Turtle and Drama going up there with Vinny no. Chase to, to introduce the no. introduce the picks? Do you? I don't. I, it, it slows everything down it again. Does. Like, everyone comes up there. And now, and here's the here's my thing. Here, here would be my, if you have to have that, here's my, here's my qualification. We don't want your kids' kids coming up there. There's little kids in hockey jerseys coming up there. You know what? God bless them. Give them the jersey. Allow them to sit on the draft floor. I don't care. But I don't need them coming up to the stage and shaking Bettman's hand so I can wait longer to hear a name of some kid I've never heard of before. Right. No, I I get it. It should speed up. I got one more for you, too. Okay. The draft coverage. Yeah, you were texting me about this. I was texting about it, and I tweeted about it. First of all, let me be very clear here. I think Emily Kaplan is a big-time talent. I think she is great. Cap Bomb covers the league super well. She's a really good reporter. She does a really good job. She's good on television. She's super comfortable. But number one, why was your... (laughs) I don't hate children. I just don't need them on the podium. Um, First of all, why was your coverage, aside from Emily Kaplan, in studio, I think in Bristol, why wouldn't you let them go? I mean, first of all, it's Montreal. It ain't going to Los Angeles from and Bristol. things have been lifted a little bit, too, by the yeah, way. Like, how, like exactly. people Thank are there. You. Local TV people from respective markets are there. Exactly. Um, and second of all, and Kaplan does a good job of talking to players and executives, but they're boring. I mean, a, a couple of the kids were fun, but for the most part, it's boring. Yeah, it's boring. Why don't they team her and our guy, Puck Daddy Wyshynski, mm-hmm. at like a smaller separate desk to speculate and report and give us, as we like to call it, Declan reckless speculation. Well, why don't... Like why something don't like, like that. Yeah. I feel like there was no... But I feel like there's no news element at all. And half of a draft is what might be going on behind the scenes. Yeah, I feel like well with Wyshynski and Greg, uh, Greg Wyshynski, I feel like he's he's doing a bunch of the writing, so he's kind of doing that blunt work yeah, and picking things up on the site. You know, it, it, their hockey coverage is super bare. So uh, even on their website, even though they're now one of the new homes of the NHL, 
I like why not get Weeksy down there? And I know Weeksy got a little burned today. And hey, that happens from time to time oh, with, yeah, with reporters and getting scooped. We've all I've been burned, burned if we've done that. I've job. been burned numerous yeah, times. So um, uh, why don't you put Weeks and Kaplan there, who are who are doing like that's a good point. In my opinion, Emily is best served with doing the insiding that she is always known for, it. and she's actually I think done a lot of work to get better at doing the, the, the interviews on the, on the side. There was a great piece on her of, of how she has really kind of grown into that role. She was thrust into that role and she's done a very, very good job at it. So I commend her and I think she does a really good job at it, but I, to your point, the studio show should be there and weeks in Kaplan. I want inside, you know, go to That's like the NBA goes to Woj for, for a little bomb. Go to Kaplan for a bomb, go to weeks for a bomb. Go do, do something like that. I thought it was very strange as well. I didn't really get it. I didn't really like it get was- it. Like it, it drove me nuts too because it was all the same. Draft pick, scouting report, read on draft draft pick, right? Then mm-hmm. they threw it to Kaplan to talk to the player, and and some of those kids were great, some weren't. Um, I don't blame them. Then they came back and talked a little bit about the pick some more, and then they threw it to Kaplan again to talk to the executive. I mean, he's really good as a GM, but Red Wings GM Steve Eiserman is useless talking to him. He is the Lamarillo of now. He is useless. He, I, I think Kaplan said, what's your next move? Or what's your next thing? What's the next focus? And he said, oh, tomorrow, second round. So I, I don't need that. But yeah, I, it's just, I feel like ESPN has the formula down really almost perfectly for the, for the National Football League draft. And as stupid and Bulldog 13 TV is right. The NBA draft's ridiculous because they don't announce trades immediately. But still, the formula to what you're saying with the Woj bomb is great. Hey, Judd, smile. Smile. What are you telling me to smile? What are you telling me to smile? I'm smiling. Um, So, yeah, why don't you allow inciting? Why don't you take it as seriously? And look, like the Blackhawks, their storyline would have been great tonight. You could have done so much more there. You could have done a whole thing on what's going on with Kane. The thing that you just read from Kane's agent. Mm-hmm. So that's my that's my biggest gripe is if I'm going to watch a draft, I want it to be as entertaining as possible. And just going from scouting report to a couple thoughts to who, who do you think is going to be drafted next? And by the way, it's names for the most part that most of us don't know to let's talk to the kid. Um, I don't find that to be maximizing your opportunities. All right, let me give uh before we before we wrap up here, let me give one last scouting report on both these players from Corey Pronman of the Athletic, uh, who knows much more about these players the Wilds have drafted than uh Judd and I I do. Uh so Liam Ogren, right? Is it Ogren? Is that how we're pronouncing it? I believe O H G R E N. Yeah, uh, left wing from Sweden. All right, so they classify uh their game into these categories skating, puck skills, hockey sense, compete, shot, and then with a the player comparable. So with skating, Liam Ogren is a below NHL average in his grade. Below NHL average skater. But he's still young. Yep. He is uh, born in 2004. So, yes, he is 18 years old. 18 years old. Puck skills, NHL average. Hockey sense, NHL average. Compete, above NHL average. So he works his butt off a little bit more than the average. And his Mm. shot is above NHL average. The player comparable to Alex Iofalo, a guy who I really like with the Kings. If he turns out to Alex Iofalo... I think that'd be, that'd be fine. Uh, with Yurov, uh, skating, NHL average, which actually I think is big here. Russian players, their biggest thing that they're not is their skating. Uh, his, his skating is NHL average. Puck skills, 
above NHL average. Yes. Hockey sense, NHL average. Compete, yes. NHL average. Player comparable, Troy Terry. This player well, comparable, hell, Troy, Troy Terry's Terry. coming off an unbelievable year. Yeah. Troy uh, Terry, you said? Yep. And yeah, that's good year. There's also tiers with both them. Uh, Yurov's tier is a bubble top and middle of the lineup player. Uh, Ogren's tier is the middle of the lineup player. So okay. actually, there could be more of a diamond in the rough. There might be more ceiling to Yurov's game from the draft scouts uh, yes. than Ogren's game. Yes. And don't forget now, um, probably equally as important, the last two years, this will be four first-round picks. Mm-hmm. So like you are now building a foundation. Um, and I think the Yurov pick is going to be deemed a huge win. Now, again, this depends on when you can get him here and all the things going on in Russia. There's a lot of unknowns there. But um, I think the pundits are going to like that pick a lot. And this is this team now, to go back to when Fletch was in Fletch. charge here, when Fletch was in charge here, don't, don't forget, he did some good things. I, I'm not going to rip him. But don't forget that this franchise and the farm system of this franchise was in bad shape. Iowa was terrible. The system was pretty barren uh fletch traded a lot of those guys to get you know to his credit in some ways because we're, we're always begging teams to go for it he traded a lot of those guys and he certainly traded draft picks to go for it didn't always work out lots of times it didn't work out this team now dex has replenished itself and continued to do so um and i think one thing that we shouldn't lose sight of and probably give some credit to here is when the Wild got Judd Brackett away from the Canucks, that was a huge get. That was absolutely a huge get. Because not only does he have a fantastic name, but he's a guy that was seen and is seen as a top-line talent evaluator. Um, and so this team, and it's why I'm not down on the fact that I don't think that, that they're probably going to be nearly as good this coming season, certainly as they were last season. Um, I think this team is 100% on the right track. I do too. I, uh, I I think I think it's going to get better. And Judd Brackett and Bill Guerin are are very big hires for them too. So uh, Joshua on our YouTube section says, "Love show Dex. What's your favorite tequila?" Shameless self plug. Uh, Cenote is my favorite tequila. C E N O T E. I believe, and I've always been good at spelling, so I'm sure I spelled it correctly. I think uh, you just went twenty sixth to to the Canadians, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, Cenote. Interesting. Yeah, I probably did. That sounds like a. It sounds like a Russian hockey it does. player. It does, yeah. To judge, judge drinking all the alcohol today. For those who are joining us here, uh, I've only had one out while we started. That's not nearly hit, enough. Hit the subscribe button for Daily Minnesota Sports Entertainment. I I have a uh, cholesterol blood work test tomorrow, so I can't drink. So I have I, I can't drink for the next twelve hours. Can't have anything. I, I think at your anything. age you'd probably be fine. At my age, last week I'm like I can't because I'm old, and then they'd go poke and prod and be like, "Oh my God, sir, you're dying." So I didn't want that. I think you'd be fine. But anyway, no, I have massive respect. That you uh, feedback Friday though tomorrow on Mackie and Judd. Uh, yes, we'll, and which... we'll probably probably talk a little bit about some draft stuff, uh, some other things that will be abandoned about. Action movie rewind face off tomorrow. Yeah. The Nicholas Cage, off. John Travolta classic <laughs> from the mid nineties. Not to be confused with hockey. Um, the one thing that for JHS's sake we should keep in mind is this: uh, free agency starts on Wednesday. And so I believe, if I'm not mistaken, it starts at 11 a.m. Central Wednesday, Declan. So we definitely will be around next week on Wednesday because I think things, with their salary cap problems, I don't think 
we'll see much movement from the wild from a free agency standpoint, but that's where I'm curious around that time if we might see a trade or two. So keep that, that in mind as well. I can see that. I can All see right, take that. us home. We're, All right, uh, we're subscribe button, Daily Minnesota Sports Entertainment. I got Vinny who's got to go one more potty Vinny. break before bedtime. I have found if, if we take him to bed, uh, take him to potty right before bed, he will not pee the bed, which he did multiple times gotta uh, get him earlier out. this month. I got Stella. So, uh, gotta get him I can't, out. I can't do that. Uh, again, subscribe button, Apple, Spotify, scorenorth.com, Daily Minnesota Sports Entertainment. This has been Judd's Hockey Show. Pass, shoot, score. Your dog is more than just your bestie with the cutest face ever. Get to know them on a genetic level with Embark Vet. Developed by veterinarians and PhDs, Embark screens for more than 215 genetic health risks across more than 350 breeds. It's top-notch science for your top-notch pup. Go to EmbarkVet.com and use promo code DNA, that's DNA, to get $60 off an Embark Breed and Health Kit or Purebred Kit with free shipping. That's promo code DNA to save today.